You're listening to Version Control, Pounding Rings Digital News Show. We're back. It's Version Control, your digital news podcast from the team at Pound and Grain Digital Inc. And I'm here with our usual gang of Toronto uh, awesome digital dudes. Scott Liu, Associate Creative Director, is with us today. Hello. Happy New Year. <laughs> Mark Cameron, our senior designer, here today. What's up? <laughs> I'm, I'm going on the record for awkwardest uh, intro, <laughs> staring you down. <laughs> and uh, over in the, the, the right-hand corner, the left-hand corner, my... Head of the table. Head of the table, as oh, yeah. you will. The always popular Nick Kewen. Hello. We need like intro music. Do 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 do. Should we just sing it? That's I like that. What what is that song? That was Rocky. Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. But I think mine would be more like Come on down from the Price is Right. We should do that as our. Now I'm gonna have to cut that because that was an Eye of the Tiger. No, well, you, no cutting for that. Yeah. Uh, no, no, nobody that. should know that I don't. I, yeah. I got that. What is that song called? I thought it, I thought for a second I thought you were doing the final, the countdown. final countdown. That's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, which is an amazing movie. Have yeah. you guys seen the movie? No, really. Based on that song. Well, Based the on song the song was Based part of the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's a it's a I think early '80s movie where like a modern day aircraft carrier goes through some sort of space wormhole and ends up in World War II what? Pacific before, um, like, the Pacific, um, like, post-Pearl uh, Harbor. You had pre, me at wormhole. Pre-Pearl Harbor. And then they have this conundrum of whether they should, because they're there and they serve the U.S. Um, government, should they intervene or should they not? And they huh. have a lot of, like, intellectual debates about it. Classic 80s sci-fi um Conundrum. Sounds amazing. It, it the song reminds me of Joe Bluth from Arrested Development <laughs> coming yes. out to do his yes. act. Yes. Yeah. That's his magic That's, anthem. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, this is already the best podcast ever. <laughs> We've talked about Final Countdown and Joe Bluth. I mean, this is amazing. And I forgot to set the timer. So all good. So we'll just be here forever now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll set the record. We for, live here. For uh, version control podcast. Yeah. But uh Scott's going to tell us, well, it, it's appropriate that we were talking about um, that movie and the future, um, because that's our theme today. Yeah, so let's let's take a little wormhole ourselves. Yes! And, uh, and as we kick off 2017, uh, we'll look into the future, but specifically the future of consumer electronics, uh, and there's really no better place to look uh, for the next big thing in nerd toys than the gigantic and ever-popular Consumer Electronics Show, or CES. Uh, everything from paper-thin TVs and super-powered gaming laptops um, to weird stuff like connected toasters and smart undies. So, um, I mean, let's just go around the horn. I mean, what's some, some of the cool stuff that you guys have read about uh, from, from CES that you're kind of excited for? Well, I, I, I'm going to flip it on you because I can do that. I definitely, because you provoked me with this, this toaster, which makes no sense. The, like, smart toaster that you control with your phone. Right. That you still have to get up and put toast in the toaster and get your toast. Like, it serves no... Like, what is the benefit <laughs> of programming your phone to, like, turn the toast on? You still have to do the work. Like, it's not helping you at all. Well, that's like so many objects uh, in this entire litany of the Internet of Things. Uh, you know, new 
devices because like the the smart shower is the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever? That have you ever, you ever more <laughs> sense though. Well, have yeah. you ever gone to the controls of your shower and been like, I wish I could control this through my phone? You know, it'd be better. I think the use case there is clearer than the connect- connected toaster, <laughs> in that you're in bed. You dread that, like, walk to the shower, and you know there's going to be, like, the cold, cold, and if you can get that hot, and it's all ready to go, and you just go directly into the shower, that seems like right. a use is case. That, is that the doing. main focus of that? It has the, to be. The what else could there? Well, the, no, the, wasn't the smart shower really all about water conservation? No, there's two different uh, Oh, okay. So one was the smart shower head, and one was just that you set the temperature. <laughs> and, from your phone. And started the shower, you know. Can you fill your bathtub with it? Probably. I mean, let's get something perfectly clear. Uh, like the water saving shower head has no business at CES <laughs> or this podcast. It's all well and good, but it lights totally up totally into the environment. But like that is not a toy. That is just that's that's a toy masked as feel good for the environment, and it's, it's not true. the same. Like, but going back to your connected toaster, and let me let me paint you a picture. Okay, you've been out all night. You you crawl into bed at like quarter to five a.m. And, you know, your alarm goes off at 7.30 and you really want some toast. But instead of getting up, you can use your phone to push that toast down. But you would have had to, like, pre... You would have had to have the ratty old bread there all night long in the toast. Yeah, it'd probably be stale. Yeah. Then that's a problem that Smart Toaster needs to solve. (laughs) It's not called Smart Toaster. That would be amazing. I'm not sure. But we're definitely not going to get sponsored by them. Oh! (laughs) Sorry, Sandy. Oh, no. (laughs) Poor Sandy. I mean, it looks cool, but it just seems like that's like one of those ones that, that people are, you know, won't be talking about next year. I think that's kind of like the beauty of CES, though, is there's so many things that are just throwaway um, that during that this week of uh, post CESism, uh, everybody talks about it and it's so cool, and then you just forget about it and it never comes back. And it was just sort of that week long area of bliss. I mean, the one thing that, like, or not the one thing, but one of the cool things coming out of CES this year, which is pretty consistent throughout all years, is these super, super thin TVs, which mm-hmm. at this point, and maybe I'm just getting too old, but like, who cares at this point? They're so thin already, they're so clear already. I don't need to see any clearer than it is at this point. Yeah. You need but, a bot to tell you how much thinner it is than the last one. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. You can't, the human eye can't perceive right. the benefit. Here. Well, if, if you're like three inches away, you'll be able to tell the higher resolution that you couldn't see last year. Okay. Maybe. I don't people I, just flexing I, at this point, right? Like yeah. it's not, they're not getting that much better. Yeah. yeah. What bothers me about the thin TVs too is that um, they're just taking the components out of the TV and they're turning into like modular boxes. Everything's getting super thin, but behind the scenes, you still have these boxes that are sitting outside <laughs> the TV. Right. Um, so it's like, what does it really matter? Like yeah, at this so point, it's a monitor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like it's just a little bit ridiculous. But that's a that's a good point. I think all TVs are monitors now because right. the original television, everybody was plugging cables in the back of these things, and I don't. I mean, maybe just Jackson, but I don't think very many people are actually... <laughs> there it is, folks, the first old guy of the year. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are, are doing that anymore, plug-in cables. It is just a monitor uh, that's that's streaming information from the internet for you now. Yep. I think that's the same as, like, I, well, the thing that was, was grinding my gears, because we haven't even gotten anything cool, <laughs> was I, I got my um, CES take from Eater, like all the food related ones, which is why I got the toaster one. But I love that, like, that they're still, like, trotting out um, internet fridges. 
Like that's something, like it's still, no one ever needs internet in their fridge. You're, you're jumping ahead to my digital pick, Jackson, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the worst. Sorry, I didn't mean to take it. I, but I, I it's, just... it's really okay. Yeah. Well, there is one that I saw. I hope this doesn't step on your digital pick, Scott. Probably will. It wasn't even, it, it was just a camera for the fridge. It wasn't even a smart fridge, really. It was just the camera came on, and then you could look at that on your phone. So you could look at images of your food. Of your depressing empty fridge? Yeah, no, ostensibly to see <laughs> the, the level of <laughs> decomposition, you know. So <laughs> if, if you're like away on vacation, you'll know to like call someone and tell them to throw that yogurt out because you, <laughs> you have a video feed of it. <laughs> I like that. I do, I, I will, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll raise the stakes on something good from the, the, the food side of things is the, the Panasonic inductive heating countertop and dinner table does seem pretty cool. Yes. Did you guys see that one? No. What is it? So that's where it's like, you're, imagine your whole kitchen table being one inductive um, cooking surface, like a whole, the whole table. And no matter, only when you put the proper, um, you know, pot or pan on it, that area becomes hot, but everything else remains proper temperature. That so seems you, very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. No, it's, it's induction. Seen, yeah. Right? It won't heat up anything but the, the pot. Yeah. Until you put your baby on it. And no, like, no. But what if it mistakes you, it somehow? Or like, your, what if your it, metal baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the, you never know, right? Like, some, something could happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't test it with a baby. I think it has to be like a magnet. Yeah. So okay. Unless your, your, your diapers are, are uh, magnets, we're probably okay. <laughs> it still scares me. I'm yeah. so scared of that. What <laughs> if you put your baby on a, a magnet? For some reason, just accidentally. Yeah, I agree or your with that. kid just like grabs a magnet and then goes on your kitchen table. Or your cat. Well, just kids, and it, man. You, you, and it has special plates dumb. to like keep your food warm. So like only where that's the plates cool. Are. Yeah. Okay, I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm digging that a yeah. lot. I mean, uh, it just seems like not many people would need that, but, but no one, that's the no point of CES. Yeah. 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 No yeah. one would ever say it's not cool. <laughs> yeah, They're just yeah. gonna say you might fry your baby <laughs> and our cat it's still cool yeah. only nick and mark <laughs> apparently they live in a world of magnetic baby cats and, and babies everywhere in my yeah. house they're just like roaming around yeah well you went you went the food side of looking at cool stuff i went where i naturally go is the toys and uh one of the cool things that i, I thought was lego is officially adding motors to their build kits Ooh. now. So when I was a kid, Legos were awesome. I was terrible at building them, but you know they were just cool to have around and you know getting sucked up by the vacuum and everything. Um, but the one thing that I always thought was you know missing from Lego was like once you build something, it never moved. It would it wouldn't it would just you just stare at it, and you know you could pick it up and like GI Joe it a bit, but then it would explode and then you'd have to put it back together. Um, but now they're making kits where they're meant, they're built to move, which I think is a huge evolution for Lego, um, which is super, super cool. That is cool. Yeah. And just, just so we're clear, <coughs> I may have talked about your like connected fridge, but you talked about my oh. Lego pit. So, <laughs> Sorry. Luckily I have a backup pit, but it's getting, it's getting savage <laughs> in the uh, version control booth right now. You, you have to have pick redundancies because you just yeah. never know. You do. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the blind picks are, uh, are becoming problematic. Maybe we should yeah. just rename the version control studio to the Thunderdome. Ooh. Yes. 
Wow. Enter at your own risk. (laughs) Two may enter, one may leave. That's why Sandy's not here. Exactly. (laughs) But other other cool stuff? Like what else what else do you guys see? Yeah. So I I'm kind of divided on how cool it is. I mean I think it's cool, but I don't know how functional it'll really be. But the smart bike. Um I was in Denmark last year and I, I mug alert <laughs> just happened to be in Denmark <laughs> passing through passing through <laughs> but anyways I had got one of those um well here we call them Bixie bikes I don't know yeah if those throughout the world but yeah. it's just they're in a big stand and you pay to get one out and it was a smart bike and I thought that was really cool um you put in your destination and it had a GPS uh, monitor on the right on the handlebars and if you went off course, the handlebars would sort of vibrate and tell you to go back on course. And of course, it, uh, it was also, um, you had rented this bike, so it gave you alerts to how much time you had left. Right. Or if you wanted to buy more time because it was through your credit card. So I thought it was very cool. And also that these were, you know, the public bicycles was just like, this is what you guys are doing in Denmark. Mm-hmm. We're living like... Cool. We're living in the past. Yeah. <laughs> living like pioneers. But that's interesting how they would bring something that's probably been in the market in Denmark for a few years to CES and say, look at this brand new tech. Totally. Um, well, but um, also like the little blurb that I read about it, it is a screen embedded into the handlebars of your bike. That's cool. Which is cool, but also, you know, maybe dangerous, especially for yeah. city riding. And if you're not city riding, what's the point of it, really? If you're out on trails, you don't really need any sort of... Um, Eh, maybe I don't know. You can still like you get phone calls through it and things like that too. It's it's similar to me. That's similar to driving. <laughs> yeah. So well, the irony is the name smart bike. Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> in, a, in a car, you'd have the you have your whole dashboard, so you could like take a glance at the phone. Yeah. And look back at the road, but this is like very much the same. Really, you just have to put your head <laughs> down. Anyways, it's pretty cool. Uh, I think it's great, it, like in the example that you gave, from, in terms of like connecting to the business of the bike, yeah. in that it's telling you, you know, part of the service that you're paying for is the directions and the ability to re up when you need to. But in terms of like a regular, like you're talking like a regular city biker, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's totally there yet because though, and, and I'll be honest, the one review that I did read about it was from a very sort of jaded bike rider saying you know oh so we've just gone from scary irresponsible bike riders looking at their phone to scary irresponsible bike riders looking at their handlebars fair enough right fair enough maybe it'll also get to the point where it's telling you uh, uh maintenance suggestions for the bike yeah which are going to be far fewer and less intricate than they would in a car but even still it could say you know your your tire should be at 80 psi and you're mm-hmm. down to 50 or the risk of a flat yeah i mean if that's, that's cool. something you need on your bike, then sure. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty. It's pretty neat, but um, I'm, I'm a little fifty-fifty on whether how much I need that. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Again, the point of CS, CES, right? right? Like, well, I've got one talking about not needing anything. Uh, vacuum shoes. I need those. <laughs> yeah, no, these, I, just, I need those. those. These shoes just have vacuums uh, built into the sole, and you can walk around your house with these shoes on and vacuum. So it's amazing. Um, do you usually walk around every square inch of your house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I, think I would the, now. <laughs> the normal route that you would take, like, around obstacles would be very clean. Right. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> that's it, yeah. So I, I'm not sure about that one either. I yeah. don't know how much I'm buying It's a little, little weird. Uh, another, you know, valuable or not, uh, is the underwater drone. 
Oh, that one was cool. Uh, which, yeah, and and at first when I was reading, I was like, oh, that seems weird. It's just kind of like you know somebody took James Cameron's idea and threw it in the wall and like made it, you know, consumer friendly. But it's actually got fish sonar on it, yeah. so it's it, it can be used as like a tool to attract uh, sea life. Yeah, it's uh, that almost. I know that that technology already exists, but when I read that, I was like, that is so unfair to it the is. fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're they don't stand a chance. <laughs> they, yeah. The they, fish uh, need their own CES. They yeah. need to become far less stupid if they don't want to be killed <laughs> by everybody that can afford an underwater, <laughs> underwater drone. Which will yeah. be a lot of people probably pretty soon. Well, yeah. yeah. That's going to be like Nemo 4, Nemo <laughs> versus the drone. I did love the idea of just, I mean, every time I'm on a boat, I'm just like, I would love to get in I would, yeah. and get some, uh, you know, goggles on and take a look at what's happening down there uh, mm-hmm. on the, the ocean floor or and the lake kinda, floor, whatever it is. It's safe. Just toss this thing in yeah. and away you go. Yeah. You know, but I wonder, like, it's, Mark, it's you really exciting and cool. You, yeah. you were, you were flying drones in Iceland cause mm-hmm. you know, you'd go, just go to Iceland all yeah. the time. Um, but you were saying that <laughs> <laughs> you were saying like one of the weirdest things was like the noise, right? Yeah. They're super, super loud. So it I wonder like how that noise. like, and like noise is vibration. So yeah. I wonder what that's like underwater for fish. Like Terrifying. if you drop a drone yeah, in really. the ocean. Well, is it, is it, I've, I haven't seen these. Are they, Propellered? Are they? They kind of look like little submarines. Okay. Yeah. I, I wonder. I wonder if they're loud underwater. If, if they're anything like air drones, I would. I would yeah. say, I think so. Which is probably why they need that light to attract fish back to them. Right. Because right. they're scaring <laughs> them away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it. You know. It looks like a little torpedo, yeah. basically. That's a, that's super exciting to me because. Um, Especially like how, for how much is it of the ocean is not explored, and if this is now a consumer product, and everybody's going to be shooting these around i think i think you get some pretty cool footage and some pretty cool discoveries totally i wonder how much uh of the ocean floor we can damage within a year of these that being too, right? yeah. commercially available yeah, no, this, this, this podcast took a, a, a dangerous turn see uh, <laughs> never great barrier yeah, yeah. Wow. but seriously it goes down 98 feet records 4k video straight wow. to your phone wow that's pretty neat that's crazy. what's the price point on that that's a good question that's another thing with CES is they don't, um, some of them, like, they're not even real products. They'll never see the light. light yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Especially things like concept cars. There was, like, a right. a tank SUV thing that, you know. or A self-driving tank. Yeah, something <laughs> crazy like that from Chrysler. Like, that's never going to hit the road. Right, right. If you could get this underwater drone for less than $1,000, I'd be surprised. I mean. For sure. I yeah, mean, a yeah. decent drone now is you're going to spend probably 1500 bucks minimum on a, a decent one. Yeah. So an underwater one, like it's a few bucks probably. for a toy, you know, yeah, like if you have yeah. any sort of use for it, that's one thing. Yeah. But, but if you want a decent camera on a, on a drone, like you're looking at quite a, quite a few dollars. Did you guys see the, um, the, uh, like kids like exercise bike? No. The like Fisher price smart cycle. <laughs> that just, it's such a weird name. Yeah. So it's like, if you see the picture, it's like a cute little exercise blip. It looks plastic, like a like an old school big wheel, um, <laughs> but for kids in front of the screen inside. So it's um, activity tracking and <laughs> edutainment, education and entertainment, um, meaning that kids can exercise their bodies as well as their brains. Wow! In the uh, indoor times, which is helpful in the um, you know planet hoth like weather of some parts of canada but does seem a little bit like we've given up just getting the kids out outdoors that we've built, developed them robots and their own just, edutainment uh <laughs> exercise bikes I, I love that word i feel like 
I'm, I'm not an, a child owner. <laughs> I, don't, uh, you, I think they have a name for that. <laughs> you don't own them. Yeah. Oh, okay, so boy. I don't have any children, but I, I imagine that if I did, that would be a big buzzword around the house. Edutainment? Yeah. yeah. Like, we don't want to give them regular entertainment. They can get that anywhere. Right. We had to buy them some edutainment. Yeah. They're calling it a physical learning arcade system. Oh, wow. I understand as, like, adults, like, we're hopeless, but, you know, like, I still think these kids have a chance to get outside and get on real bikes, so I don't know if this is... This just seems crazy to me. That is very crazy. Yeah. yeah. Also, I like my digital tech. I was just... <laughs> the video game looks like garbage. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's, it's, not for use. yeah. it's not for you, Scott. It's Definitely not for me. For a younger audience that's entertained by sitting on a small plastic indoor bicycle. <laughs> like, that that kid was pretty small. I don't think the kids... <laughs> I, that's how I judge them. It's not... It's not by, a small... I, I have no idea what... It's anywhere between 1 and 10. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> The, is that a problem for them with getting up and being active? I don't think so, really, is it? I think that's where it starts, Nick. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, our next episode is going to be all about parenting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll grill uh, all the parents that found the Find out what sort of edutainment products they purchased this year, 2017. Ooh. Well, um, speaking of edutainment, um, let's let's give our, uh, our digital picks a, a shot here. Who, uh, because... Jackson and I have already been spoiled. Oh, I, I've got another. Oh, one. you have a backup. All right. Yeah, I can go. All right. I I don't know if it's good or I don't know if it's good or bad, but in that same eater, like roundup of CES food related ones, um, the um, Pernod company, the like French liqueur giant, um, they have this like really crazy um, kind of bartending product. So it's these like smart cartridges that fit uh, a standard bottle and then there's a little smart tray that can measure what kind of liquor you have on hand and then it'll tell you all the drinks you can make and then it will dispense the exact measurements out from each of the liquors you have to make the perfect cocktail with a smart uh, tablet app but, to do it. But what about having a conversation with the bartender? <laughs> I think this is really for the like yeah. home the home bar but it looks slick with like like nice looking um, you know, kind of like metal um, pour spouts and stuff like that. So you can see some people um, kind of uh, getting into that. So wait, yeah. I, I missed this part, or maybe you, you didn't say it, but can you pro like, can it just hit you with random recipes? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, it'll tell you all the things you can make out of what you have on hand in the little um, capsules. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, I think it would be, I mean... I like kind of making my own drink if I'm going to make a drink, but it would be awesome if you could just get a random drink given to you. Yeah. And it, you know, it would have, you know, um, what's it called? Mr. Boston's or whatever, that sort of like database of drinks. Mm -hmm. So it could just tap into anything, any sort of like, you know, go, go way back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give you something, some egg whites and <laughs> gin. I don't and think this one does anything fancy like that, but that would be cool. Well, it's garbage then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it doesn't have robot arms, which this article points oh, out. Okay. Like, I was actually envisioning like R2 yeah. in Jabba's like thing, like serving drinks to you. 
That is so not R2-D2. No, it's like designy and, like, yeah. you know, it's got some curb appeal there. It's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I'd use it, so that's why I said I was torn between yeah. whether it's good or bad. I was watching a news article in Melbourne, Australia. They have um, beer pods now at bars. So it, it looks like a... Um, like that coffee Like those thing? coffee pods, but it's oh. beer, and they have it actually, like, at the bar, um, and the bartender sticks it in and pulls, like, a regular uh, tap. And it pours water through these pods, and it makes instant beer. Wow! Um, what is it like powder? I guess I had read like about powdered that alcohol. Yeah, I'd read like I'd, a massive thing. So totally, there's there's something there. Um, there's powdered alcohol in it, I guess. Uh, I had read about that from really um, weird from a camping trip and, and canoeing trips. You know, you don't want to carry a bunch of beer, but you love yeah. a beer at the end of the day. Yeah. So um, for that, yes, in a bar. That seems wrong right. to me. That seems very wrong to me. <laughs> Although it would save, this is like, I don't know if anybody thought about this, and, but my brain ex- immediately went to the carbon footprint of yes. transporting beer. Yeah. You know, you have trucks running all through the city trying to get through laneways and yeah. coming from breweries that are usually in the country. But then you've got all this, these pods that are left over too, right? So you've got that trade-off. What if they're biodegradable? I don't think they are at this point, but yeah. Something There's something there. Yeah. I think quality-wise, the beer would be great, but there's something to yeah, be said so, for that. Yeah, so people were trying them in, in these interviews, and you could tell people were kind of beer snobs, and they were saying, no, not a chance. And yeah. there were some people who were like, yeah, like, it doesn't taste like beer, so I love it. So it was, <laughs> it was, kind, of, it was kind of weird, but, um, yeah. Um, I have another pick, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the are Faraday... You doing, are you double-picking Yeah, right well, that was kind of just Whoa. like an off an offshoot. Yeah. I might be able to get my, my um, second pick of Frobot. <laughs> frozen yogurt robots. Um, but we'll see. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I think you just did it. <laughs> um, so there's a there's kind of a viral video, video going around. A Faraday Future FF91 SUV. It's a luxury self-driving SUV that they're featuring. Um, and they very awkwardly tried to get the SUV to self-park on stage. And it didn't work, and it was super, super awkward, so it's kind of going viral. But the car pre-sold at $5,000 a pop, uh, $64,000. So they must have been doing pretty well. And these aren't cheap vehicles, they're like luxury SUVs. Um, So that was pretty cool. Mine is sort of um, bicycle-themed again, but also... Dystopian themed, I think. <laughs> oh, what, what a shock! <laughs> wow. I think, but so this uh, company called the Wear, or the company is called Claudette, but it created a scarf called the Wear, which is um, it, it's a filtration mask that you wear as a scarf, and um, while you're riding your bike, your phone will give you a notification that tells you if there's pollutants in the air. Oh, cool. Oh, because it's like filtering. Yeah, so if the smog levels are high, your phone alerts you and you pull this scarf up and then there's a a mask within the scarf that you're wearing over your face. So um, it's specifically aimed at cyclists. I don't really know why because I think that normal pedestrians would probably be affected by smog as well. Mm -hmm. For sure, especially in like really smoggy cities, right? Definitely. I mean, I don't know to what degree... It would be interesting actually to see to what degree Toronto would be... Uh, would you know your phone would be set off by the pollutants in tr- the Toronto air, but if you're in other cities, I mean this is from uh, Paris. That okay. This company is from. I, don't, I think it's probably a little smog levels are a little worse there. I'm not sure. But like I bet that would blow up in Beijing for sure. Mm-hmm. That would be huge. It'd be massive. 
But at that point, like, if you're in an area that is nothing but pollutants, like, you just wear it all the time. Yeah. Um, does it actually True. clean the air as you breathe, or is it just protecting you? Um, that is a good question. Because, like, that would be cool if it... Because then you just wear it all the time, mm -hmm. right? And then you're constantly breathing fresh air, mm -hmm. which is interesting. It says it removes bacteria, pollen, and pollution. Pollen, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, allergies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, alt and which refers to ultrafine particles less than 0 0.1 microns in size. So yeah, it sounds small. Once you get that used to, once you get used to wearing it and enjoy clean air, for once in your life, you might just never take it off. So there is a risk in that. I'm I'm into it. All right, yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> it was a pretty cool product for fifty six bucks. That's not bad. I Cheapest thing at CES that. this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tenfold. Yeah, that one actually has a price on it. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, my digital pick uh, is the latest smart fridge from LG, which is now integrated with Amazon Alexa. Um, and so Nick mentioned before that, you know, there's these cameras that are inside with this, this fridge does everything you can think of. It's got the, they call it the window on the door. So you can see into the fridge. Um, it's connected completely to the internet so <laughs> it can tell you. Well, we've all been playing. <laughs> well, that is smart technology. Yeah. <laughs> It'll tell you the weather. Uh, it can, it can update your Facebook status. Um, no, you don't need any, uh, we should have got into this earlier. <laughs> None of these things are useful, Scott. I agree. I don't think they're useful at all. And Does I want to post like, it from your fridge. You probably could. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, it can display photos on the LED screen and so you don't actually have to put stuff on your fridge anymore you can just have a, a slideshow on your fridge so this would be very useful if you lived in your kitchen yes without, <laughs> without a phone or computer yes <laughs> aside from that really not so much it doesn't make any sense there's no like I don't understand how there's a team at any of these companies being like what else could we do to make this fridge more high tech like just, to be honest like just keep things cold yeah. and frozen is you have one job I agree I, I think they, they should have stopped innovating the fridge just before they had those water dispensers in them I don't even think you need to get water from your fridge. Yeah, I definitely guarantee that the fridges of 30 years ago were better than what they're making now. They last longer, keep things colder. Yeah, more, but they couldn't update your Facebook status. You, no, you they don't couldn't, want they, that. They couldn't tell you when the mayo was bad. <laughs> Can you just yet. check? That's what, that's what our noses are for. I, I, I agree. I think that's it's crazy. That's the fun of a fridge. <laughs> Gamble. Is this edible? Yeah. But just, you know, like TVs like a bunch of the other appliances yeah. at CES, like it's, it's again, it's another one of these things where they're taking connected technology yeah. and it feels like they're just forcing it into something that doesn't need it. Yeah. I think like the, the, the thing I read that I thought was like interesting is that more the actual products themselves are starting to like fade away into the background and it's like how are things that are using Alexa or things that are using um, these other technologies from a platform perspective seem like the way that it's going to become in a few more years. It'll be less fridges where you can Facebook from, which is apparently high on Scott's list of things that he needs. So it won't be like, why would I want it to do that? It would be more like, why do you have a fridge that doesn't? Like, everybody will just have everything connected, so. Sure, yeah. Why wouldn't you have it? Yeah, it just makes just logical sense. Yeah. But like, then why wouldn't you have a, a screen on your countertop or... You in would. your sink or on mm -hmm. the ceiling or on every single surface in your house. Like it's 
on every surface. <laughs> yeah, always. And control the water from your shower, your tap, from your phone, yeah. and we all be happy. Houses are going to look like those sports bars that just have TVs everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I want to be gargling my mouthwash and looking at the ceiling and watching sports. That's what I. That's what I need. And if you, if your friends came over and you didn't have that on the ceiling, they'd be like, I think he's poor. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need help, Mark? I need some money. <laughs> You've only got sixty-seven screens in your house. Yeah. Oh man. Oh boy. Well, that was a fun way to kick off. Uh, 2017 with talking about some useless tech. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Talked about a bunch of useless chunk. It was great. <laughs> we will link all this up when the show is released and you'll be able to click on the links. Thanks for listening. This is Version Control. <laughs>